The Dave Rothenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. And a good Saturday morning to you and yours. Rothenberg with you here, 98.7 ESPN. You know what I've, I've encountered over the last couple of months? People adore the Saturday show. They, they, they adore it. it. It's like it's like Gary Coleman on different strokes. You, you couldn't help but just kind of fall in love with him as, as Willis. And I feel like it's the same with this show. You listen to the show, and even if you don't want to like it, you can't help yourself. You fall in love. We have a lot going on today. It's warm, a little rainy today. We'll get through the day together, leading you up till noon. That's when Anita Marks takes over. She'll take you till 3. That's when Gordon Damer takes over. He'll take you till 6. That's when Pat O'Keefe takes over, who will take you right up to the New York Knickerbockers fighting for a playoff spot. And we are not now. So 7.30, pregame at the Garden, 8 o'clock tip-off. I don't love the 8 o'clock tip-off. I prefer the 7. But, you know, what? beggars can't be choosers. we got NBA tonight. Kind of a busy sports day. Uh, Kevin Durant going to be out for a couple more weeks, it sounds like now. Not going to go to the All-Star game. So I guess if there's something you want to worry yourself about, with the uh, Brooklyn Nets, you can go there, but I don't think there's a lot of things at all. So let, let's start with the NBA. I want to start in a different aspect. And, of course, 800-919-3776. Phone lines always open, and you say, how about some NFL? Oh, we're going to get into the NFL. We're going to get. We're going to do a deep dive into the NFL uh, a little bit later. We have quarterbacks all over the place. I mean, Carson Wentz already dealt. Matthew Stafford already dealt. Jared Goff already dealt. Russell Wilson I mean, we we had Jeremy Fowler on the show yesterday, and oh, I messed up. My wife says Gary Coleman was Arnold. Yeah, Gary Coleman was Arnold. Willis was was the older brother, Todd Bridges. So my mistake. Um, so we had Jeremy Fowler on the show yesterday, and he said there the, he there is no way that Russell Wilson's going to be on this team long term. Like he might be on the club this year with Pete Carroll, but that might be it. So you're going to have a a top. I mean, he's a top five quarterback in the NFL, is going to be available. We, we've never seen anything like this. Guys, we have never seen anything like this where, where quarterbacks are just continuously available. And it sounds like this Deshaun Watson situation is going to get really, really, really ugly. So we have a lot of NFL we'll get into. The Kuiper mock draft. He has the Jets trading down to four and taking a tight end, which I dislike immensely. But we'll get into that. Sam Darnold, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Nick's. Canty said yesterday on, on our show, on DCR, 5 to 8, Monday through Friday here on 98.7 ESPN. He said, don't say the word. He said, please, out of respect to me, let's not say the word. And I said, you know what, Chris? Out of respect to you, I won't. But this is not DCR. Canty's not here today. So today I feel like I can, in fact, say the word. And the word is, people, 500. But the Knicks, with another chance, I think this is their third chance to get back to 500 this year. And like I was saying minutes ago, it's not like we are 14 games into the season and they have a chance to you know get to 500 or above 500. We are 30-plus games into the season, and you watch the Knicks, and you enjoy watching them. They're a legitimate basketball team. And they're in the mix. I mean, you talk about being in the mix for a playoff spot. Do you understand right now how bad the Eastern Conference is? So take advantage if you're the Knicks. So right now they're the seventh seed. They're 16 and 17. You have Toronto is the four. Now, now 
hang with me here for a second. It really is remarkable when you look at the Eastern Conference. Toronto is the four at 17 and 17. And then you go down to the 10 and Charlotte. So four Toronto, 500 at 17 and 17. The 10, Charlotte, 15 and 17. You have two games in the win column separating four from 10. Who's in that mix? Miami, who's, I think, won five in a row. Uh, they're 16 and 17. Boston, who has a major issue right now, 16 and 17. The Knicks, tied with those two teams, 16 and 17. Indiana, who they play tonight, 15 and 16. Chicago, 15 and 17. Charlotte, 15 and 17. That's your 10 spot. And then Atlanta, 14 and 19. So, I mean, from 4 to 11 is separated by two games. So it gets me back to the point of why not us? And listen, this is a big game tonight for the Knicks. It really is because you look at tomorrow night's game and that's it's Detroit. That's a game you should win. Detroit, you could argue, is the worst team in the entire NBA outside of Minnesota right now. I mean, Detroit is 9-24, and like 24, I believe. They're a bad, bad basketball team. And the Knicks right now are right in the mix. So for me and my money, I got to be honest with you. The Knicks are, are, are a more intriguing story than the Nets. The Nets are almost like, put them on cruise control. And I understand the dynamics and the expectations are bigger and, and better with the Nets. The Nets are going to wind up with the one seed. The Nets are going to wind up going to the NBA Finals. And the Nets have a great chance to win this entire thing. But the, the, the needle mover for me right now is the Knicks. I mean, and we are all in. And I don't know if you saw this. And can we finally put to rest and I'm not, I don't want to spend the entire show on this, but I saw it yesterday tweeted, and I was like, oh, my God. And I, I heard Kay discuss it as well. And it's like, oh, my God. Do you see the numbers the Knicks are doing in comparison to the Nets? And you have the audacity, all you people out there who are either Brooklyn fans or dislike the Knicks, of, oh, it's, it's very close. It might be 50-50. Do you, I don't think you even understand the passion and love affair that the Knicks fan has in fact, with this team. So the Knicks played Minnesota. And how was their game that they had over the weekend? Uh, I guess it was Minnesota on Sunday and Sacramento on Thursday. And the same times the Nets were playing. The Knicks did twice the number that the Nets did. Twice the number. And in one of those games, the Nets were playing the Clippers in a battle for supremacy in the entire NBA. So when you look at popularity between these two teams... It's not close. And it's not to take a knock or a shot at the Nets. I, I think what the Nets are doing is amazing. I look at them as, a, I mean, they're going to the NBA Finals. They are sensational. The only thing is, you know, what, do they have the one seed at the end of the day? Does Kevin Durant come back 100% healthy and win? Does Kyrie Irving stay on the reservation instead of going off the reservation? But to me, and to you as well, because the TV numbers scream it from the rooftops, the Knicks by far are the more popular team here. And that, that's just with, with a modicum of success, with, with, with a, a, a taste of the caviar. I mean, they're a game below 500. The way we talk about the Knicks, you would think that they are on the verge of winning the NBA title. Like, the Knicks fan is so unbelievably excited about what this team is. And you should be. And you should look at where they are and say, I really like Quickly. I like R.J. Barrett. I've fallen in love, and, and, and good for him, and good for the Knicks figuring out a way to make it work. I've fallen in love with Julius Randle. When healthy, I like Mitchell Robinson. I mean, 
I'm excited by this team. And how could you not be? But we are gaga over a team that is sitting here at 16 and 17 with a chance. I mean, let's be fair. If the Knicks go on a little bit of a run, I mean, if if you go, say, you know, 7-3 and in your next 10, you're talking about being in the four spot. Now, I've said in the past, and I stand by this, you have to be a playoff team. And I expect you to be a playoff team this season. There's no reason this team should not be in the postseason. There's none. The Knicks are as good as Chicago now. The Knicks are as good as Charlotte now. I mean, is Indiana that much better? Boston is hemorrhaging. The Knicks are they're a decent basketball team. But you could be a decent basketball team and wind up with the five seed in the Eastern Conference. So, I'm excited. I'm excited. And they have another chance tonight to get back to 500. Another chance. It's Indiana tonight. And again, if you lose that game, now it's a big game. Because Indiana's 15 and 16. You're 16 and 17. And, you know, I've heard so many. Well, can you just wait till we get to here? Can you just wait till we get to here? We're, we are, what, four games away from the halfway point of the season? We are here. We're here. We're 33 games in. I have game 34 tonight. Game 35 tomorrow night. You want to win this game tonight. You could understand if you lose it. Although, although the Pacers played last night. So they're back-to-back. And there's travel involved. You like the next chances in this game tonight. But tomorrow night is the game that you absolutely have to win. You can't get to Monday morning. Here's what I will say. You can't get to Monday morning and DCR. 5 o'clock here on 98.7 ESPN. You pop it on. And for us to have the conversation of a lost weekend with the Knicks. At a minimum one and one. But you know what? Let's go all in. Let's win tonight. Let's travel to Detroit. and Let's get the win there as well. And how about the Rangers last night, huh? I got Rick off on the Islanders. They hammered Boston 7-2, 5 in the third. Match that. All right, we'll match that. Four goals in like two minutes of a span that goes from the second into the third period. Kreider, who's been playing terrific of late. Big win for the Rangers. They're back in action tomorrow at noon here on 98.7 ESPN against, again, the Boston Bruins. So, a lot going on. We start with the NBA. I think we've kind of put to rest little bit, right? The fact that the Knicks are the team here. The Nets are better. The Nets have a chance to win the, the, the NBA championship. But as far as who does this town love more, can we, can we please? You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. All right, Rothenberg with you, 98.7 ESPN. I can't believe I, I got the character on, on different strokes, Rob. I mean, I used to watch that show all the time. So it was Arnold and Willis. And then Data Plato played the sister. Was she, I think she was Kimberly. And they, and they had multiple housekeepers. It was Mrs. Garrett who got the spinoff. And then it was Mr. Drummond, of course. And then he married, I forget her name. Dixie Carter was the actress. And then she had a son, the redheaded, um, I think it was Sam, played by Danny Cookson. So the fact that I got that wrong is really... I'm really embarrassed by that. Um, but no more embarrassed than our, than our man should be at this very moment. And let me let you in behind the curtain a little bit. So the weekend show, everyone thinks, well, Rothenberg, right? You think weekend programming here on 98.7. You think Rothenberg 9 to noon. And then you think, like, my sidekick, my, my Ed McMahon, if it would be, is one Ty D. Butler. Well, Ty D. Butler is not working today. It's his birthday weekend, and he's taken 
the weekend off. And, and good for Ty. Nobody looks down on him for that, although maybe we should, but we don't. And he he calls me weeks ago. I, I'm not exaggerating. I think it was it was either late January or early February. And he says, Dave, I'm taking off the weekend, but I still want to hop on with you at 9.15 to kind of break bread because I, I just I love doing that, and it's good for my brand. And my better judgment says no. You know what? If you're not willing to, to show up to work, then you don't get the carrot dangled to you where you're allowed to hop on and say hi and wax poetic about all things sports. But because I'm so nice and because it is his birthday weekend, we bring in one Ty D. Butler, Newhouse School of Communications. Good morning, Ty. Good morning, Davido. And can we provide some context to that? I, first I, I of all, I just—I no. I don't even think you can change the story that I've just told on it. Let's let's add let's add some truth to it. I didn't call you; I texted you oh, just okay. to let you. I let you know. I said, "Hey, Dave, I'm going to be taking off that weekend." First of all, it's not me mailing it in because it's my birthday. My wife and I are going to go see our baby boy via a, a, a 3D sonogram. It's the first time I'll, I'll be able to do that. So. I think it's which it's, we love and we're excited about. But exactly. Other times that you could do that. I mean, there's during the week times. There's other no, times. No, it's Saturday. Do. We we work during the week, and this we got to go to Jersey to do it. We, we're going to make a day out of it. So okay. all of that, all of I that. Don't, I don't look down on that. By the way, when is the actual birthday of the baby? July fifth. The birthday of the baby. Your isn't this your birthday weekend? Oh, yes, today. Oh, happy birthday! Thank you, thank you. Yeah. I think you should that, have led that, with that. You buried the lead there. And lies the reason that I said let let's let's in fact do what Ty has been begging for and pleading for. Let's have you on because in fact it is your birthday. What are you twenty seven today? I'm turning twenty eight. When that's four times you are twenty eight. Four times the number of completion. And wow. I I think you know what I just realized this morning. So in theory, if if we're all fortunate enough to live through this, only once in your life are you allowed to turn the age. Of the day that your your birthday falls on. So last year I turned twenty seven on twenty seven, and I think I don't know if I appreciated that it that much. I don't know if I took it seriously. At I don't all. know that you should appreciate that at all. To be but honest it's with it's you. something I think that's that happens. Something that should never probably be mentioned again. But go ahead. <laughs> but but anyway, um, it, it's not about building my brand. I just feel like, as you've told me, as others have said, I am an integral part of the show. So I felt like the nine fifteen segment. That's our thing. I wanted to do it, even though I was going to be off today. Nothing wrong well, with that. Well, I'm, I'm happy to have you. It's your birthday, so I'm not going to destroy you. But listen, that's kind of a, it's, it's the carrot. It's the when you show up to do your job, that's part of, of what you're allowed to do. When you're off and you're taking off to have 3D sonograms and it's your birthday and there's a big celebration and God knows what you're doing later in the day, typically you'd think you wouldn't want any involvement with the show and or the station, but you do, which is fine. So – you, I know you're you're like a big Nets apologist. You are all in on the Nets, and they are a wonderful, wonderful basketball team right now. Would you would you not agree with me that the Knicks are a, a better story at the moment than in fact the Nets are? They are a better story locally. The Nets are the biggest story nationally because it is always going to be a Knicks town. But I do wonder if what you what you did in your opening segment, which was fantastic, I say I need an open, you deliver it for the one hundred and fifteen thousand time. Is it straw man for you to to come on here and talk about which team is more popular? Is, is that a real argument that's being had? I saw early stages of the season where the ratings would come out and there'd be a lot of people who were very pro Nets. And again, they are a wonderful team. I take nothing away from them. They are sensational. But there are a lot of people that say, oh, you see this? There's a changing of the guard and the Nets ratings are great. And this is going to wind up at some point being a Nets town. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, I'm just going to take that and and file it away, and I'm sorry. 
tie. This will never, ever, I don't care what happens, this will never, ever be a Nets town. I agree with you. But to take that a step further, I don't know that any Net fan out there cares about making this a Net town. They they are right now. And I'm now, not saying you the, should. If the playoffs started tomorrow, the Nets would be the odds on favorites to win the title. The Lakers are dealing with injuries. The Sixers might be their best competition, but I don't think they're good enough. The Clippers also in that conversation. Utah is going to be that regular season team that flames out in the playoffs. The Nets would be the odds on favorites to win the title. Totally agree. But my, so I, my, my point was this. My point is the Knicks are teetering on 500, which is average at best, right? The Nets are sensational. And the TV numbers are saying a, a Knicks team that is decent – is a far bigger attraction than a Nets team that is great. And that's fine. I think that if you are a Nets fan, you, you pick your battles. That's a battle that you're willing to lose if the trade-off is you, for the next five years, being in the conversation for an NBA championship. I don't, I don't think that if you're a Nets fan, that's Yeah, listen, like, I mean, if you're a Nets fan, you, you might not care. I, I think some of them do. I think some of them don't. And I'm not saying you need to. I'm just saying, like, can we, can we put this to rest already? Oh, of course. Put it to rest. But let me ask you, Dave, because you're one of the biggest fans that I know of any team. Let's, let's just it's hard to do this with the Giants because the Giants obviously run the town in terms of football. But if you pretend that the Giants were where the Nets are, you know, they just got here five minutes ago. You are a diehard fan. Would you at all care about what the, the local media feels about your popularity here in New York City? Or is it just about winning a championship? I don't think you would care. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I don't know. And I can't answer that question. It's because tough, all, I, I mean, you know, could, well, I will say this. This is a Yankees town, right? I, I think for the most part, this is now. Now, I, I think the Mets are the closest to the Yankees that any second team is to the first team in this town. But this is a Yankees town, and no, I, I don't care if the Yankees get more coverage than the Mets do. But I can't do it with the Giants because the Giants have been here forever. Yes, so I just, you know, I just, I just can't do that comparison. But no, but but I will tell you, like I, I do love it when the Yankees lose. I love it when the Mets win and the Yankees lose. It makes it more enjoyable for me. So. I, I, I honestly, I, I don't think I can answer that fairly right now. No, I get it. It's, it's, a, diff, it's a, a, a weird analogy just because, like I said, you can't really go apples to apples with the Nets and the Giants. But here's the thing, Dave. I, I think that if the Nets win the championship, let's just say the, next, the Nets win two of the, of the next three. Which is certainly possible. If they win two of the next three, I don't know if they're going to ever get close to where the Knicks are in popularity. You, you're right. that They're never going to be where the Knicks are. But I think the tide will change. For guys like you who are now rooting for the Nets because you think it's a great story, I think you'll have a bunch of Nick fans here who are going to really despise and detest the Nets. Maybe. You have that now, and I think some are just too, you know, too prideful to admit that they're vulnerable when it comes to you know, the Nets. They don't want to feel like they're giving that team any type of energy. But I do think the tide is going to change. If the Nets start to win at a high rate and the Knicks continue to be mediocre— you're gonna see. You're gonna see that the emotion, you know, differ than what it is now. Maybe, uh, maybe you're right. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I'll change. I I enjoy the Nets. I, I will root for the Nets. Yeah, I think do. they're a great story. I, I think that you know Harden is absolutely phenomenal. I think that that Kyrie is just a story into himself, and I think Durant is sensational. But I I mean it doesn't it doesn't affect me, and I don't I, know that the Knicks fan is gonna. They're going to really have the, the needle moved because the Nets are, are winning or not winning. That All could right, change. So, Just real quick, that could change yeah. in three months. Because here, I, I'm looking at the standings now. The, the Nets right now are the two seed. The Knicks are the six. Let's just say the Knicks drop down to seven, uh-huh. and you get a first-round date with the Nets 
It is a highly competitive, entertaining series. Let's just say it goes if six games. If that series goes six and the Knicks compete, that's a win for the Knicks. It's a win for the Knicks, but is it a win for you emotionally? But I would have zero expectation that the Knicks would ever win that series, ever. Yeah, but you're still rooting. You're going into a series against a team that you up to that point had been rooting for all season long, and now you lose to them. So I think that's where the change comes. You're no longer going to feel like you enjoy watching the Nets or you're rooting for the Nets. They just beat your team in the playoffs, and I don't care what the expectation. Yeah, but during that series, I'll probably be, I'll probably be, I hate them. Like I, I, I have this amazing capacity and I don't know if you have this but I'm sure a lot of people do whatever team my team is playing I can figure out a way to absolutely detest the opposition oh, absolutely like I'm watching I remember watching the Giants go up against the Packers and Brett Favre in the 2007 NFC championship game mm-hmm. and saying things about Brett Favre and Sh- I remember Sherry turning to me and be like I thought you don't mind Brett Favre <laughs> typically I don't mind Brett Favre today I can't stand Brett Favre You're so an I, athlete. yes I'm sure during that season that I would uh, during that series that I would absolutely detest the Nets. But once they beat the Knicks, which of course they would, I'd go back to, to no, being fine with them. I don't believe that. I don't. I right, well, don't let's believe see. That. I don't believe that. It's, you just said Knicks win- in the playoffs, and let, let's just get that to happen. Okay. We'll let's see. just get that to happen. All right, so you're, you're going after what? The 3D sonogram today? Is that what's happening? 3D sonogram. Going to have some lunch with wifey. Going to hang out with some family today. So it'll be, it'll be a good time. It'll be All a right, great well, listen, time. happy birthday. So this is it for the check-ins for you, right? Like, you, you get out of here now, and then you don't even think about us the rest of the day. No, of course. I'm going to still listen to the rest of the show as much as I can. What do you expect from Stump Rothenberg today? All right, so we, so we now have invited the college, the college questions. So that's, that's the second, sec- ha- the second that's half, the yes. second half. So you would fix. So I, I believe last week you went 20 and 2, if I'm not mistaken. I think mistaken. it was 17. I, I received a... Uh, an email from Jake, who didn't take the day off, and he said um, that I was <laughs> seventeen and two. Well, Jake couldn't take the day off because he had previously the, the week before taken the day no, off. Let's and not, that let's was, not that throw would be Jake bad under for the business. Bus. I mean, you just you just threw I'm me under the bus. I'm thirty-five and twelve since we've started to keep a tally, and seventeen and two he has last week. So I think that you're going to hit at a ninety-six percent clip in that second segment because that that's your wheelhouse. Um, the first segment, I, I think you'll go five hundred in the first segment. Real? So you don't have have pretty tall expectations at all for Stump Rothenberg well, today. Because I, I think you're going to be so focused on the, the college, it's going to distract you from you know what's happening in that first segment. I don't know about that. By the way, before I let you go and, and to, to start your, your birthday celebration, when I take time off this summer, not a word from you. Got it? Not a word. Oh. Not a word. <laughs> well, here's, the th- here's, what, here's what, what sucks about you taking time off. I don't have the same role when you're off the show. Whoever comes in, they don't, you know, they don't bring me in nine fifteen. So it's all about you. Me in the show. It's, I mean, that's what you're saying, right? It's, it's all about you. You don't, whether it's me or somebody else, you don't care. You just care about you getting the airtime that you desperately want. <laughs> no, you're an excellent talk show host. We do the pound for pound list. I think you are at or around number one, but I, I just say the experience is different. So I, I don't look forward to you taking off. Maybe I'll take off with you. Maybe, I, maybe you will. All right. Have a great birthday. We'll talk to you next week. Later, bro. That, of course, is Ty D. Butler, Newhouse School of Communications, who I figured, you know what, let me, let me drop my bone and, and have him on. It's his birthday, and he's getting the 3D sonogram of the baby. I remember getting that kind of stuff. I don't want to do 3D, but I remember every single step of the way. It, it is such a, such a great feeling. I, I was working nights, and Sherry's appointments would be first thing in the morning, like 8 o'clock in the morning. So I'd work nights. I'd get home at 1.00. I'd go to bed at 2, I'd have to be up at 6.30, and I was never 
more excited than I've ever been for the drive-in and just to, yep, your baby's doing great. He's grown this much, and this is what it looks like. It, it was absolutely sensational. I will say this. Being a dad is the greatest thing you could ever possibly imagine. All right, quick break. Come back. We'll get to your calls. 800-919-3776. The landscape of the NBA, the Knicks and the Nets. I, mean, I don't. We don't need to get into who's more popular. I think we have the answer to that. Let's just kind of wax poetic on, on these two teams who are clearly in different stages of expectation in 2021. It's Rothenberg with you, solo on a Saturday, right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. All right, Rothenberg with you, Saturday morning here on 98.7 ESPN. Now, the guy that did actually show up for work today, because Ty D. Butler taking off for sonograms and birthdays, celebrations, and all that kind of stuff, but, but Jake Montgomery... I mean, this is a hardworking guy. You showed up, and you're you're running solo back at the station. That is true. Uh, but first off, I do want to say happy birthday to oh. our man, Ty D. Butler. After he did what he just did to you, though? He did throw me under the bus, and a couple of weeks ago when I had an announcing job, I was announcing a swim meet at Eisenhower Park, he did say that Jake bailed on the show. But how the tables have turned, Dave. That's right. And, and now you look at what's happened. He is completely bailed on the show. All right. Turn the music down. Beautiful. Um, last night, Jake, and we'll get to the calls in just a moment. So we have, we have movie night in our home every Friday night. We watched. I, I can't even tell you how bad this movie was. I, it was the worst. It, it might have been very bad things. Have you ever seen very bad things? I've seen very bad things, but well, the suspense is killing me. What movie did you see? So very bad things might have been the worst movie I've ever seen up until last night. Last night we watched, and I can't believe I've never seen this, and now I know why. Bad News Bears in Tokyo with Tony Curtis. <laughs> is that a real movie? Oh, it's a real movie. Oh, my goodness. Kelly Leak is in it. Tony Curtis is the star. To tell you this was bad would be an understatement. Really, honestly, this might have been the worst movie I've ever watched. So ba- I don't turn movies off. It's so just, Bad I, News I just, Bears I, in Tokyo, is that like the fifth or sixth the third. version? Okay, the third. It's the third. The first one is, is Walter Matthau, Bad News Bears. The second one is William Devane. They go to the Astrodome. Bob Watson let them play. Great movies. The third one, don't ever watch. Now, you said earlier today, you said Godfather 3, really bad. Godfather 3 was like Citizen Kane in comparison to this. Godfather 3 was not a bad movie. Well, usually any type of sequel to the first one usually doesn't live up to the first one. So the third movie of any trilogy... I mean, Lord of the Rings, I guess, but... The, but the... here's the thing, Jake, and we're going to get to the calls in a moment. I'm not looking forward to live up to Walter Matthau. I'm just looking forward to be a respectable movie. Just be decent. Even be subpar. It was horrendous. Horrendous, this movie. Do not watch it. Well, Dave, and how could... in the world they got Tony Curtis in the starring role is beyond me. He must have been hard up for money. I could he have had to-, to have been. I could have told you that the Bad News Bears go to Tokyo would be a bad movie. I could have told you that, that one off the off the top. I don't know how you would know that. I mean, what's, what's, what's the police academies? Have you seen those? The, what, police Academy 5, far superior to this. This was hideous. Hideous. All right. On that note, let's get to the calls. 800 919 Seven six. I hope you've never seen that movie. And if you have, I apologize that you, you sat there and watched it. Let's go to Spike in Jersey. Good morning, Spike. How are you? 
I'm terrific, and uh, you're right about uh, that bad news bears. I'll give you another one. <clears throat> Don't watch is the last Planet of the Apes movie. I'm not a big uh, Planet it, of the it, Apes it, guy to begin with, so I, you don't have to worry about right. that. Okay. All right. Well, that settles that. I uh, I uh, said to Ty, I sent him a tweet, and I said, why don't you just keep your fingers crossed that in the waiting room they don't have Caddyshack on an endless loop? Uh, when he's waiting for the baby to be delivered? No, no, when he's waiting for, you know, waiting at the doctors to get the sonogram. I hope they have Caddyshack just running continuously. I'm well, still pissed off about that last That would week. be great. You're still upset about that, that he, cho- he chose, um, oh, I, what did he choose, I, Billy I Madison? I, I love Ty, but Billy Madison's fine, but Caddyshack is, 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 is it's, that's the Bay booth of those type oh, of you movies. Don't have to, uh, you don't have to convince me. Spike, what do you got? Go ahead. Let, let's get into some sports. All right. Well, listen, we're in a very similar situation. The Knicks are more fun than the Nets uh, because the Nets, we know where they're going to finish. We have no idea where the Knicks are going to finish. So we know that Indiana lost to Boston in a contested game. We know they had a fly in tonight, uh, last night, and the Knicks have a similar situation with Detroit. But Detroit is beatable even if the Knicks go two overtimes tonight. That's how bad they are when Dennis Smith Jr. is their point guard. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the Knicks can can just play it tight. And the last two or three minutes of the game, they're close to Indiana. Let Sabonis go off. Let Brogdon go off. Um, they're going to be a little tired. Wear them out and bring Randall up. Have you noticed that the Knicks have brought Randall away from the baseline and they're letting him operate by the elbow? It's a big move. And let Burks have another good game because he's turned out to be. He's a catch-and-shoot guy. We knew that from college. He's a very good three-point shooter, catch-and-shoot. Don't let him put the ball on the floor. If the Knicks sweep this weekend, oh. I'm, call- I'm calling you oh. Monday morning so early. If the Knicks win these games tonight and tomorrow, both 8 o'clock, both you can hear here on 98.7 ESPN. Spike, I want you lined up on the phone as up. we launch the I'm- show at 5 o'clock Monday morning. I- I will call you at 5-12 and, uh, before R.J. will pick it up if they win both. I really – but tonight's the big one, and uh, we'll see what happens. But I've never seen the standings like this. It's crazy. Between uh, 4 and 15 is like three games. Well, 4, four and 10, and thanks for the call, Spike, 4 and 10 is literally tied. Like, you could be 10th today, and at the end of a week, you could absolutely be in 4th. Top three are, are above and away in a different stratosphere right now. James in Spring Valley. Good morning, James. You're on 98.7. Uh, great, Dave Rothenberg. And how, how are you doing, sir? Good. I'm, I'm doing really well, James. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I want to talk about our beloved New York Knicks. And I, I could care less about the popularity. I care about wins. We know that it's a Knicks town. But the point is the Knicks are doing great, but they're still a flawed team. They can't. They, they're. They're not. Um. They don't have a, a legit um guy that can score. James. They are completely any... flawed. They are completely yeah. flawed. But you know what? They play hard. Randall is terrific right now, and they're really entertaining to watch. Oh, absolutely. I agree. But we all. But I feel like is there a trade? It. It doesn't have to be a Bradley Beal because I feel like that's unrealistic. But any trade that that could be realistic to maybe improve the team modicumly because I love I love the grit I love the hard work I love they compete every single night 
but I feel like, you know, the Knicks could get better. And of course they, they can need, get they better. I mean, listen, you, you, Oladipo is a guy that's going to be probably available. Um, Zach Levine is a guy that that, that uh, Chicago has dangled out there. Bradley Beal would be the prize jewel. Of course there are guys that are going to be available that you can make a play for. You just have to be smart and kind of bide your time, and when that happens, make a trade that doesn't ruin the future. And also, if, if Mets fans call up and say about a big get upset, just they have a wonderful team. They have a great team. That team is probably going to win a championship and it's fine, but we're Knicks fans. We're happy with, you know, let Knicks fans ride the wave. Let us make the playoffs, and this is a building block. For the first time, Dave, I could be proud of being a Knicks fan. I could be proud of, of wearing the blue and orange Knicks logo walking out and not feel ashamed. So I feel good about the Knicks. And thanks and for taking he, my How time. about that? And, this, and thanks for the call, James. I appreciate it as always. The, the bar is set so low that if you compete, win – Half your games, the fan base has a semblance of optimism because you don't stink. The Knicks fan is ecstatic. That's how bad it's been. That's how awful it's been. Is if just just give me mediocrity. If you give me mediocrity, tough play, and hope in the future, I am all in. And the Knicks have given us all that and more. 800-919-3776. More movie analysis of the Bad News Bears go to Tokyo. I, I got a, a text from a buddy of mine. Oh, I'm so shocked it was awful. You know what? Bad News Bears break training with the great William Devane when they go down to the Astrodome. Was terrific. Was a wonderful movie. With Carmine Ronzano, Scott Baio's cousin is the star pitcher. A wonderful movie. The original with Walter Matthau, a wonderful movie. They go to Tokyo, a horrendous movie. 800-919-3776. We'll get into the NFL in the 10 o'clock hour. Stump Rothenberg at 1030. There's so much going on. It's me and you on a Saturday morning, 9870 ESPN. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. All right, Rothenberg with you on a Saturday morning, as always, here on 98.7 ESPN. Now, Jake, let me ask you a question. It's the ever-popular segment here on 98.7 Stump Rothenberg. Um, Have you received – it's 9.49 now on a rainy Saturday. Have you received any – I'd like to to just put me on hold and wait for Stump Rothenberg at 10.30? We already have phone lines lighting up for Stump Rothenberg. It's it's amazing. And the guy said last week he wants to stay on hold, even though I told him we're really not going to be taking stump questions until 1030, obviously. But he said he called last week, and uh, we kind of told him the same thing, and then he wasn't able to get back on because the phone lines were lighting up because of Stump Rothenberg. All right, so people, please, just just be patient. Don't call for Stump Rothenberg until 1020. And at that point, you can barrage the phone lines, and we will put you on hold and get your question, all that kind of stuff. But it's very premature. To get involved in Stump Rothenberg an hour before. People are excited, before. Dave. It's the best segment on sports radio. I understand. I, I enjoy it as well. But you have to you have to, you know, play the game. If you call now and you and Jake answers the phone, and Jake is working solo back in the studio, by the way, and he answers the phone and you say, I'd like to just go on hold for Stump Rothenberg, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna hang up and say call back at ten twenty. So if you want to call sports talk and have the Knicks and the Nets conversation, the phone lines are open for that right now. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven Seven six. Here's an interesting tweet that I've received at Rothenberg ESPN. Forget the Knicks and the Nets for a moment. 
Which do you think is more popular, the Rangers or the Nets? Boy, it's a good question. I'm being honest, and and again, I I don't know that you you can really know, but I think the Rangers are more popular. I mean, when the when the if the Rangers were this version of what the Nets are, and and you know, favorite to go to the NHL Finals, Stanley Cup Finals, and were that level, I think they'd be equally popular to this. I think I think I think there is a a fanatical hockey fan base in this market now, just because it doesn't move the needle as far as. The radio ratings are concerned doesn't mean that there's not a, a really diehard fan base for the Rangers and the Islanders and the Devils, but I think the Rangers clearly at the top of that mountain. Column in the Bronx. Column, my man. You're next up on 98.7. Hey, David. How you doing? Good. Um, so really quick, I wanted to talk about the point you made at your opening, uh, opening uh, statement about the Knicks, how you were saying even if there's a modicum of success that Knicks fans go ape. Yeah. But that's that's completely true, and I agree with you. But I don't consider this a modem of, of success right now. The Knicks are currently a sixth seed, and if they win tonight, they'd be tied with the fourth seed. That that looks to me just off those two those two things. That looks legitimate success to me. And the biggest thing about the Knicks is you look at the two most important things. Yes, Julius Randle's an all-star, but I think the number one most important thing about your, uh, the Knicks when you look at them is that their best thing is coaching. And then the second best thing, as you see, is clearly they have the ability to develop players. Whether they're young or they're six years into the league, seven years into the league, they can turn a guy into an all-star. So, we But, but here's what I understand, I, How do you not look at this and say this is, this is success? I mean, from what they've been no, to where they game are, game they're, game they're game having success right now. That's what I was saying. I'm not, you said it was a modicum of success. Oh, I you look at this legit. as like tremendous success? Compared to what we were expecting at the beginning of the year, I think this is tremendous. Because you laughed me off the air when I said the Knicks were going to be relevant, a 27-29 win team at 7-10 and 10 back when the season started. And I also said that the Knicks were guaranteed going to have better ratings than the Nets regardless of the outcome. And you laughed me off for both of those things. I don't know so, that I laughed you off for the ratings conversation, but I, I, and, and I, I did laugh you off for the, the record conversation. Listen, Colm, I can be wrong. I sit here, and thanks for the call, I sit here for, for 18 hours a week giving my opinion with, with Rick and Chris. And many times I'm going to be right. And I think more often than not, I'm, I'm right. But there are going to be times that you I'm wrong. And you know what? I'm, I'm happy to be wrong. And thanks for the call, Colm. I appreciate it. I'm thrilled to be wrong. I would love for the Knicks to be the four seed, win two playoff series, and be wrong like that. I'm not – because there are sports talk show hosts that they, they just want to be right. So if it means that they say their favorite team is going to stink and that team is great – now, all of a sudden, they, they, they won't eat their words and they feel, I don't care. I don't care at all. I am you. I, I am a fan first. I am a fan who is fortunate enough to have a platform of sports talk radio. That's it. That's the only difference between you and I, is that you love your team and you listen, and I love my team, and I talk about it. That's it. But I love sports, and I love my teams. And you, you listen, I didn't think the Giants were going to be a good team last year, and I don't know how good they, in fact, were. But I, if they were 14-2, and two, you don't think I would have been thrilled? You don't think that I, I want to be wrong when I say? But, but here's the thing as well. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think the Knicks were going to be a really good team or a 500 team. I didn't believe that. I'm surprised that we're sitting here with a chance to get back to 500 tonight. I really am. JP in Brooklyn. JP, you're on 98.7. 
Hey, Dave, thanks for having me. Sure, JP. Dave, I have a question for you. How do you create a fan? How do you make a fan? Is, 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 you have to have players that draws, a player draws a fan to a team. The Knicks haven't had a player since Patrick Ewing. Oh, come on. What are you the talking Knicks about? No, no, no. As far as getting people in the seats. Yeah, we had Carmelo Anthony. But, but JP, first know. of all, the, the, the notion that haven't they haven't had players since Ewing is ridiculous. Second of all, I, I think success equates to fandom and to people being excited about a team. I don't think star players well, necessarily Giants, do the that. Knicks, the, Knicks haven't, the Knicks haven't had success. You know, we haven't won no championships to be like claiming this town like that. It's all about winning. The Nets haven't won. We've been here before with the Nets, with Jason Kidd and Kenyon Martin. We've been here before. You have to produce. That's why the Giants have a fan base, even though we had that. No, JP, this this take take is goodbye. I'm done. This take is horrendous. The Giants do not have a fan base because they've succeeded. The Giants didn't go to the playoffs from 63 to 80 and had an ardent fan base. The Giants have been here forever. And I love the Giants because my dad loved the Giants. And my dad loved the Giants because his dad loved the Giants. It's something that is handed down from generation to generation. The same way that I'm sure a lot of Yankee fans are listening right now saying, that's why I love the Yankees. Because my uncle loved them. Because my great uncle loved them. Because my dad loved them. Because my grandpa loved them. Because my mom loved them. And that's the thing. Sports can be handed down from generation to generation. And it's it's a, 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 a binding thing that goes from from whatever age and it's amazing I have been to games I have been to games where I have sat there and talked to people that I probably have nothing in common with but I feel this unbelievable connection sports is probably one of the few things that that binds generations I mean whatever if my dad and I were in a fight or if he was frustrating me or I wasn't doing well in school or whatever the case might be we always had sports, always. And that's why it's so popular. That's why it moves the needle so much with so many people. So don't give me this, it's all about the star player. The Knicks could have five guys I didn't know who they were. If they won eight out of ten games, I'd be crazy about it. Do I think that stars move the national needle? Do I think that if you put on a bigger, better player on a Saturday night on ABC than not, that it'll, it'll get a bigger number? Sure. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Shaquille O'Neal, you know, the Nets now with this, the star power. Absolutely. But do I think that the Knicks fan needs stars? No. You could find five guys that play at Rucker Park if they're winning games. That's all you care about. I mean, have, have the Devils had stars? I mean, Bordeaux was a star, but did they have star players? And Scott Stevens was great, but stars when they were winning? Or did they just win? I mean, they, they played the ugliest brand of hockey you've ever seen with this neutral zone trap, but they won. And if you're a Devils fan, that's all you care about. So stop it with the star. No. Nationally, maybe. Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Peyton Manning. Sure. Right? If you had a Super Bowl of two quarterbacks who were, you know, if you have Stan Humphreys against uh, Gus Farratt in the Super Bowl as a number lower because there's no star power, sure. But for us here... You think fans really care about if there's a star or not? No. They care about wins and losses. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.
Hour two on a Saturday morning. Let me set the stage for you, please. Anita Marks comes your way at noon. Noon to three. Then Gordon Damer. Maybe the driest sense of humor in all the sports talk radio. Gordon Damer, three to six. Pat O'Keefe, six to seven thirty. Getting you all set for Knicks pre at seven thirty. Knicks tip off at the Garden with fans. Eight o'clock. The quest for five hundred on ninety-eight seven ESPN. It's so I, I didn't realize how desperately I missed the fans. And I couldn't believe, I don't know if you heard this, Greeny, who's on 10 to noon here on 98.7 every weekday, Monday through Friday, Greeny said that he didn't, like, he didn't miss the fans at all. And, and the cardboard cutouts were fine for him. I could not believe that take because I had 2,000 fans. When, how about, who, who was it last night? Marshan that gets hurt, knee to knee, and, and he's hobbling over. And listen, you never want to root for injury. But the, you hear the Rangers fans like jeering him. Like, just God, just having a fan back in the stadium. It's great. The MVP chance? Because I, ne- I think the MVP for everybody right, is, is ridiculous. But how great was it that you got, actually got to, hear, like, the, to have some semblance of a crowd? You will never take it for granted. You see the Rangers last night after the game? Yeah, I saw, on- I saw parts of the game, um, but I was going to say with the MVP, MVP chance, you didn't like the Julius Randle MVP chance? I, I mean, everybody gets an MVP chant now. So, no, uh, Julius Randle's not winning MVP. He's an all-star and deservedly so, but he's not winning the MVP. But did you see, Jake, the Rangers last night after the game? They stayed on the ice for – usually they stand on – it's nice, and they salute the fans, and it's great. You could tell how special last night was. And I think Adam Fox was giving his stick away, and the guys were really appreciative. Um that, that the fan was back in the in the garden last night. Now, Dave, would you go to a game? Would you go to a game at MSG? I know you'd probably go to a maybe a Mets game this summer, maybe. But would you go to an indoor arena? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, listen, first of all, you see there's, there's not many people there. It's 2,000, but it's so spread out. I mean, you really do have your own area. You're wearing a mask, and you will have been tested three days prior, and you'll be tested right then and right there. With a rapid test, so I, I think I, I I think I'd feel comfortable about that. Is How that, do you feel, is that Jake? true? They would test you at the game. I think that's what they do. That's pretty crazy. I had no idea about that. I know you had to get tested a few days before. But I think get you have to be tested, tested and confirmed three days before the game, and then when you show up to the game, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, someone can call who's been to one of these games and tell us. I'm I'm pretty confident that they also test you at the game now. So, so what happens if the test? Is positive? Do they take you from your seat and remove you from the? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think they test you and then let you in and then and then tell you, you know, you're in section two twelve. We'll find you during the third quarter. No, I think they test you, and I guess you know, in in saying this, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. I think they test you. You wait, you stand there and wait for your results, and then and then they let you in. That's pretty crazy. I didn't know that. I'll look it up to see if you're right. but it'd be funny, like you get. It's like, oh, section two thirty two, seat fifteen. You're like, oh, I'm the lucky winner. It's like, That's no, right. you're a positive. Did I win the front row seat? Do I get to go sit down there? You see, Justin Tuck was at the at the Knicks game this week. Big Knicks guy. And I saw the Nets were only letting what three hundred people in. Yeah, I don't understand that. Uh, maybe someone can call and explain that as well. Yeah, it's it's it's. I thought it was ten percent, but. 300 is clearly not 10%, so I don't understand the rationale behind that. But the, the Garden is, is definitely doing 10%, which is around 2,000, right? Between, I guess, 1,800 and 2,000, depending on the, the Knicks or the Rangers. But it, it, it's great. It matters, and I, and I love it. All right, let's, let's continue along with these phone calls. We'll get to the NFL in a little bit. Let's go to, um, let's go to Brian in, in Belleville. Brian, you're next up on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Dave. Good morning. Good morning. Um, 
As far as the Nets go, I mean, I've been watching them. I haven't been happy when they made the trade. I called in about it, and I you never feel differently now, Brian. I'm I'm leaning towards. Yeah, positive. I yes. think so. <laughs> you know, but also, I mean, I was never a fan of Kyrie Irving. Watching them play, especially the two of them with Durant out, he is great. I mean, he I trust him with the ball. When he has it, it's just good things will happen. I guess because his touches are, are diminished a little bit, it's better for him. On the other side, um, with Harden, I mean, I never really watched him play. I knew what he was doing. I knew he was putting up numbers. I know who he is, obviously. I'm a basketball fan. Watching him play night in and night out, I'm not impressed. Like I'm, I'm like, he always is either taking a step back or driving in. He's big, he's strong, so he can drive and he'll get the call. You're talking about and with he Harden? Have numbers. But hold and he's a turnover machine. Like, oh, Brian, I mean, I, I, I could not disagree with you more. I think he's wonderful, yeah. and I, I think Irving is as well. The, the thing, and thanks for the call, the, the issues I have with Kyrie Irving have nothing to do with him on the court. Now, if Kyrie Irving can be your number two, see, Kyrie Irving is your number one, worries me. If Kyrie Irving can be your number two, you're in great shape. And if Kyrie Irving can be your number three, well, you know what? You're, you're the Nets. Now, Jake, yes, Mark Scotto. Okay, I do, I do have an answer for uh, the testing as well. So I don't think you get the rapid test when you go to the game, but okay. I do believe they take your temperature, which has become kind of a new norm when you go to a restaurant or a lot of places now. Sure. So that's so what you I'm don't get the here. rapid test. You get you get your temperature taken, but you have to provide paperwork that says that you are COVID negative, right? Correct. I, I got to be honest. I, I don't I don't understand. I, I, I guess in some capacity I do. You could easily carry COVID and not have a fever. Easily. That is very true. People have all different symptoms with COVID. So. Or no symptoms. Absolutely no symptoms and you could have it. So Antonio Donato is, is tweeting me. He says, you have to bring a negative test to enter. I guess you bring it with you. When you purchase tickets, it says you need a negative test 48 to 72 hours prior. So I guess this, this idea that I had that you get tested at the game was completely wrong. I'm sure they're going to do the temperature check, and that'll continue along. Uh, and it can't be too bad, I wouldn't think, getting into the game, right? I mean, for 2,000 people to get in can't be can't be a horrible thing, can't take forever. Yeah, that's like my dream at Yankee Stadium when you wait outside. All well, that's what you're Some get. people miss the first inning because they're waiting online. Now with not a lot of fans, you might be By able the way, to just that, get right that in. That is one of my biggest pet peeves as a fan, showing up late to a game. I am so crazed about that. I almost gave my dad a heart attack one night. Like, it was, it was a Sunday night football, the first game of the 91 season, the first game of the Ray Hanley era. God, that was awful. And we, it took forever to get to Giant Stadium, and I can't tell you, Jake, how much I hate being late for a game. I made him run from the parking lot, through the stadium, up the escalator, we're sitting high in the 300s, all the way up to the top of Giant Stadium. We sat down in our seats. I thought he was going to have a stroke. Well, there's, it, no, I mean, there's nothing worse than when all of the action happens in, like, the top of the first inning, and you get in the stadium, and you're like, whoa, it's 4 nothing already? You know what I mean? You might as well just turn around and go home. You, you might as well just turn around. I, I detest being late for a game. It is one of my biggest pet peeves. Let's go to, um, let's go to Joe in Selden. Good morning, Joe. You're on 98.7. Hey, good morning, Dave. How you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm really good. Just want to say good. I'm a big fan of the show. Love Stump Rothenberg. Thank um, you. I'm really excited about the Knicks. I know I've been watching them for over 20 years. Uh, I'm in my early 30s. My dad really got me into it, so that really speaks to what you're talking about, the generational piece. 
and I would hope to carry that to my kids. Um, you will. You absolutely seeing, will. Just seeing young talent, and they're doing it the right way this time, not trying to trade all their first-round picks for veterans, but building through the draft, and I just really see a bright future for this team. I'm excited as well. But, Joe, you're not one of these guys that just wants to stand pat and, and hang on to these picks and not try to improve and, and bring in a, a quality veteran player to make them better now, are you? Oh, no, absolutely not. Um, whatever makes the team better, I don't care who the name is, whatever gets W's. Like you were saying, I don't need a flashy big name, but yep. whatever just get me wins. Gets us wins, that's it. That's all I want. Thanks for the call, Joe. Just get me wins. Here's, here's a, a question for you, Jake. And I and I, I this is a t- I am very good with these spur of the moment questions, by the way, if you haven't noticed. But here's a question for you. You ready? You I'm love ready. the Yankees, correct? That is correct. Love them. That's love them. of all the teams you root for, that's your number one team? That's my number one team, one of my favorite things on the face of the earth. Okay. Um what who's your second favorite team? Uh it's a toss up between the Giants and the Knicks. But you love the Giants. I love the Giants as well. Okay. We're gonna start here. You have a child. You don't. You don't have any yet, correct? No children yet. If any that ladies you know are of. listening and they want to uh, help contribute, let me know. So if I set up a blind date for you, you would go out on it right now. Uh, not I, not current day with COVID going on. I, I trust you. If you think that the person would be right for me, I trust you. Well, I'm saying if we got like some some callers or listeners to call in and say well, I, my niece is adorable, Jake should go out with her. You would do that. I think I would. I'm single and ready to mingle. All right. So now you've got me off my game here for a moment. All right. Now I remember. <laughs> So Giants number two. We're going to start with the Giants. Okay. You have children. They're four, five years old. Would you prefer that they had no interest in football? And when you turned on the game, said, Dad, we hate football. Turn it off. Or they were huge, passionate, diehard Eagles fans. Mm, I thought you were going to say Jets. Eagles uh-huh. is rough. Um, I think I would rather them just not like football at all. So, Dad, we, we have no interest in this, this, this barbaric game. Please just turn it off. Yeah, I would go with that over them being like, fly, Eagles, fly. So you, could, you couldn't tolerate that? I would not be able to have that in so my if, household. So if your seven-year-old was singing, fly, Eagles, fly, you would say, I'm sorry, you're not getting dinner tonight. Disowned, yes. No yeah. longer my child. All right, so I was going to take it one step further, but I think I know the answer. No interest in baseball. None. Or Red Sox to the core. Hmm. They want, to, they want to go to the games with you? Well, here's they, the deal. My sister, my whole family are diehard Yankees fans, and I don't know how this happened, but my little sister has actually been dating a diehard Red Sox fan nice. for about two years. And you have an issue with that. I did at first. I, I kind of wanted to give him a hard time, but then he was so nice and so cool that I kind of forgot about it. But uh, it still bothers me a little bit. It's like out of and all the Yankee die fans, Red he's Sox a diehard Red Sox. He's from he Connecticut. Loves, them. loves the Red Sox. But he's like a reasonable Red Sox fan. Like he knows they're not very good right now. Well, I, I don't think you could argue that. So I'm, I'm going to give you the question again. I want the answer. Would you rather that your, your, your daughter, seven years old, turns to you and says, Dad, I hate baseball. I never want to watch it. Or she approaches you and says, you know what, Dad? I love baseball. And I just it, it dawned on me. I love the Red Sox. Go Sox. Which one? Uh, if my kid becomes a Red Sox fan, I think I failed as a father. So I would probably say just not enjoying baseball at all. Yeah, I think that might be the way to go. I mean, when, I, when, when my kids were little, I made, literally, I made, and I'm not exaggerating, propaganda for the teams that I don't like. 
Like, I, I remembered distinctly. And Sherry turns to me. She's like, what's the matter with you? I told Ben that if you – the Cowboys players push down little children if they see them. I said, if you ever run into a Cowboys player, just be careful. He will push you down to the ground. And he's like, what, Dad? I said, yes. I said, Cowboys, Eagles, Washington, these teams, when they see little children, they push them to the ground. I said, do you know what team does not do anything like that? What team, Dad? The Giants. The Giants don't push kids to the ground. I mean, I do you think that's bad parenting or great parenting? <laughs> I think it's a little bit of both. I, yeah. I think it's very Dave Rothenberg-like, so let's just say that. They push you to the ground. The Islanders push you to the ground. Right to the ground. The Yankees will push you right down to the ground, as will the Cowboys, Eagles, and football team. All right, 800-919-3776. There's a little piece of you that hears that that, that loves it, though, no? Absolutely. No, you got to do what you got to do to make sure your kids are raised the right way. That's right. Raised the right way. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. All right, Rothenberg with you, Saturday morning, 9870 ESPN. So now I'm getting all these tweets and texts, Jake, about, oh, how could you tell your kids that the Cowboys push down children? I'd do it again. I would do it again. I think sometimes you have to look at the big picture. God forbid my kids became Cowboys fans, Eagles fans, even a Jets fan. I don't want that in my home. I want good karma. I want good, honorable children. So if I have to bend the truth a little bit to tell them that the Cowboys are, in fact, evil, which they, in my mind, just might be, I'm going to do whatever it takes, Jake. With all the Dave Rothenberg stories, that's what surprises them? I don't know. That's right up your alley. So, so are you turned off by that story? No, like, is, I think, I think do it's Do you hilarious. more love it, or, or are you more bothered by I it? I love it. You see, like, a murderer on the news, you're like, son, that's a Cowboys fan right there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know that I would go as far as murder, but I wanted them to understand that, you know, it, the, anything affiliated with the Cowboys is just bad. It's just bad. And I wanted them to understand that growing up. And they both root for the Giants. So you could say that it, it wasn't practiced properly or done properly by me but you know what they both love the Giants they both love the Rangers they both love the Knicks they both love the Mets so you tell me have I done a good job or a bad job Jake I think you did an amazing job that's right that's what we do 800-919-3776 go to Fred it says fresh I'm gonna guess fresh meadows but I'm not 100% sure good morning Fred and fresh Yes, it's Fred from Fresh Meadows. You there we go. That. All right. I uh, First of all, talking about kids and, and what would you do if your kid uh, rooted for an en- the enemy, um, I don't have kids. And I joke that one of the reasons I don't is because an older friend who's a fellow diehard Knicks fan like me, um, his son turned out to be a Boston Celtics fan. Just a, he grew up in the Hartford area. Where, you know, there's a big split up there. And I said to Lou, you know, I can't have kids now. This is uh, how, how could you have a son who's, who's a Celtics fan? So I hear you 100 percent on that. Um, coming back to the you know perspective of Knicks fans now, um, I just wanted to say that, you know, you look at a glass of water and it doesn't seem that appealing in general. But if you've been in the desert and you're you're dying of thirst, yeah. you know. Glass of water looks great. So yeah, 16 and 17 looks pretty good here, doesn't it, Fred? 
Yeah, and when I was growing up in the 60s, and by the way, I think I might get an award as your oldest caller. I've been following Nick for about 60 years now. Well, how old are you? Uh, I'm 67. You know, there's no way you're the oldest caller. There's no, I think Spike in Jersey is older than 67. Spike's, he's a young dude. <laughs> Spike's not that young. Spike case, is well into his no, 60s. No, I'm, I, no, 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 I, I know he's. But in any case, I, I just want to say that when I was growing up, the, you know, the Knicks were awful. They, they missed the playoffs seven years in a row. But when I was in eighth grade, they, they, their record, you might laugh at this, but we were excited. Their record was 36 wins, 45 losses. They had an 81-game schedule. And they finally made the playoffs. So, yeah, people were excited because finally you're seeing some progress, and there were young players who were demonstrating something, and that's exactly what's happening right now. That's right, and that's why it's so exciting, Fred, and thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. And you're not the oldest. Don't feel old. And he sounds young, too. But I get it. I do. I mean, I remember when the Giants went to the playoffs in 81. I think they were 9-7. and seven. And Joe Dinello kicked the field goal against the Cowboys, and the, the Jets had to beat the Packers, I believe, the next day. And my dad was, like, he was almost in tears when the Giants got in. We're, not talk- we're talking about sneaking in as a wild card. And he was almost in tears. Now, you hear that now? But you look like the Bills fans a couple years ago when, when they made the postseason, how excited they were. I mean, just when, when your team is awful. I mean, you think the Patriots fan would be thrilled if you just if you snuck in? No. When your team is awful and then they show signs of promise or actually become good, in some ways, it's not enjoyable. But in some ways, that's why I, I kind of laugh at the Yankees fan. It's like, we haven't been to the World Series and we haven't won a World Series and it's so long. It's like, I grew up as a Rangers fan on Long Island. I remember really literally crying as, a, as an eight-year-old when the Islanders are winning cup after cup after cup, and it's like, why did I choose the Rangers? And the Rangers stunk, and they never won. And the Islanders were brand new, and they were winning. And then eventually the Rangers won after 54 years? I mean, that's cathartic. You think the Red Sox winning the World Series isn't more special than, than teams that are good every single year? or the White Sox that, that go 100 years without winning, and then they win, or the Cubs, or the Giants who didn't win a, a championship from 56 to 86, or when the Jets eventually win? When the Jets eventually win, it's going to be that much more special because it's been so long. When the Knicks eventually win, and I know it's hard to, to imagine that's the case, when the Knicks eventually win, it's going to be that much more special. Because it's been so long. I mean, it's been my entire lifetime. The Knicks last won a championship when I was literally an, a newborn baby. An infant. Well, they went in, in, in May or June of 73. I'm born in March of 73. I have zero recollection. I wasn't alive last time the Jets won. I wasn't even a, a thought last time the Jets won. That's what makes it special. I mean, yes, to be a Yankees fan and win three in a row and, you know, have success every year. I'm, I don't know. I'm sure it's an amazing feeling and it's special. But I have to think that never winning and then after 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 years and then winning, that's got to be more special. Now, Jake, you are the Yankees fan. Would you agree with that? That having not won for 50 years and then winning is more special than the Yankees who win all the time? Well, at this point, 10 years is basically stop it, 50 but years. Stop it. It's been a Stop long time it. since the Yankees have even been in the World Series. I know it but, sounds crazy. I know a lot of teams would kill to have the last World Series 10 years ago, but 
for the Yankees, like we say, it's a long right. time. I, for, for Yankee standards, fine. But if the you, you love the Knicks, right? I love the Knicks. If the Knicks were to win a title and the Yankees were to win a title, which one has more meaning, is more special? I would take the Knicks title. Right, exactly. And therein lies my point. And I have a question for you, Dave. So yeah. fraud or no fraud? So mm-hmm. my uncle is a diehard Yankees fan, too, like basically my entire family. Now, you look at me as the person most equipped to answer the fraud or no fraud question, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So my uncle is a diehard Yankees fan. My cousin, who is about 10 years old now, when he first started watching baseball, uh, all of the kids in his like kindergarten class were Mets fans because that was the year that the Mets made the World Series. Okay. So my uncle was trying everything in his power. He didn't pull the... Uh, the pushing down. Could have tried the pushing down. Yeah, he didn't try that method, but he did everything in his power to make my cousin a Yankees fan. But when he would go to school, a lot of the kids were Mets fans because it's in Long Island. It's right in Queens, right in that area. So a lot of people are Mets fans already. Right. But the Mets were also really good in the World Series. So he would come home and say that he likes the Mets, which would drive my uncle absolutely crazy. All right. Then in 2017, a couple of years later, the Yankees turned out to be the better team and ended up making that strong playoff push. And my cousin, who was about seven years old at that time, really started to like the Yankees. So he did a flip-flop. Is that a fraud or no fraud? Now, how old was he at the time of the Mets? He was like five or six. And then he was like seven I, or eight I when he ha- did the flip Listen, by the rules of fraudulent behavior, yes, that does qualify your cousin as, as a fraud. So you're calling my 10-year-old well, cousin a fraud? Yeah, I, I think just by but by the general rule book, he in fact is a fraud. But when you think about the differing perspective that he had to deal with, he's in Queens, the Mets are good, he's five, he's so impressionable. I I'd like to think that I'd cut him some slack, but you know what? Also, honestly, I think your uncle's probably a bad dad. <laughs> I think I think for your oh, uncle that's rough. Hopefully my uncle Jim is not listening today. Uh, well, I hope he is actually. For your uncle to allow his son in any capacity to root for the Mets when he's that passionate of a Yankees fan. I mean, by the time the Mets were good and he was five, the the nephew should have known, Mets bad, I'm a Yankees fan. I guess, but when you go to school every day and everyone's wearing Mets jerseys, and that just shows when a team does have success, things can kind of change a little bit. You know, if the Mets ended up being good or stayed that good for the next few years, you would have probably seen a lot more younger kids starting to become Mets fans. Listen, in the 80s, I grew up on Long Island. In the 80s, from like 84 through the 80s, this was a Mets town. There is no two ways about it. This was a Mets town. All right, we're done analyzing the fraudulent behavior of of Jake's uncle. Now it's time to do a little Stump Rothenberg. 800-919-3700. Seven, six. I'm sure you tuned in last week. But if, in fact, you missed last week, Jake, do you feel comfortable doing what we did last week? That is first half of Stump Rothenberg, anything goes. Second half of Stump Rothenberg, solely where did this NBA or NFL skill position player go to college? Do you feel comfortable doing that again? I'm down. I mean, are you comfortable? It was rapid fire last week, and you yeah. were really rolling them off the top of your head. I'm so. ready. I'm ready. ready. So here's what we'll do as well. We'll give a little bonus point. If you're on the line and in segment one you stump me, if you'd like to remain on the line to ask a where did this guy go to college question, you in fact can do that. Almost the daily double of Stump Rothenberg. Let's do it. 
You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Let's stump Dave Rothenberg. Uh, you can try. I don't know what success level you'll have. Stump Rothenberg brought to you by the law offices of one Andrew M. Cohen. Uh, Jake, where are we as far as standings uh, this year so far on Stump Rothenberg? So, for, since we've kept track, you are at a nice record of 35-12 and 12 after last week's performance, which included the uh, where did they go to college segment, which we'll do again today, where you went 17-2 and two last Ooh. week. So that definitely bolstered up the record a little bit. And you know what I like also? You can get a lot more questions packed into Stump Rothenberg with the quick-firing where did they go to college. Now, again, we'll bring you on segment one. If you do stump me and you'd like to stay on hold to ask where did they go to college, we will allow that today. Let's go. Steve Bayport, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Dave, how are you? Good, Steve. So I think I can beat your Bad News Bears, by the way. Uh, Caddyshack, too. I don't know, man. Have you ever seen this Bad News Bears go to Tokyo? I, I did. It, oh. It's not bad compared to Caddyshack, too. Uh, I don't know. Huh? It was brutal. What, what do you got? My question is, after the I can't, I can't, I can't, Jake. I can't hear what he's saying. Yeah, I had to drop him. His connection was not great. It wasn't like that when I talked to him, but unfortunately, if he wants to give a call back, we'll see if we can get him back. We'll see what we can do. I mean, you might have missed your window. Let's go. This should be cute. Let's go to Joe in Westchester. Joe, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hello? Hey, Joe. How you doing? Hi. Hi, this is Joby from Westchester. What's up, Um, Joe? My son, William, is nine, and he has a question for you, Dave. All right. Is it going to be a good question, though, Joe? Yeah, it is. It's a movie question. All right, go ahead. Um, What's your son's name? His name's William. William. All right, William, go ahead. Um, in the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off, in this famous restaurant scene, what name did Ferris give to get into the restaurant? Uh, Abe Froman, the Sausage King of Chicago. That's a nice question. How about that? We, we are spanning. Do you realize what's happening here, Jake? We are spanning generations. It's funny because nine-year-olds have better questions than some 40-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. That was a good question. Did you know the answer to that? I did. That's one of my favorite movies. That's a great movie. Much better than The Bad News Bears Go to Tokyo. Steve in Brooklyn. Steve at 1-0. You're next up on Stump Rothenberg. So uh, b- before my question, I want to give a shout-out to the great Hawkeye for his Wednesday and Saturday dedication. I have to say, I have to give him a lot of credit. He loves. You know, he's not around today, it doesn't look like, but Hawkeye loves Stump Rothenberg. All right, Steve, what do you got? I will say, he's gotten a little tight overboard, though, with the gettable part of the game. Oh, that, my but... God. Some of these questions, are they're, they're outlandish. But you're up, and you're going to give a good question, I know. Okay, I'll give you a next question here, Dave, actually. Okay. Okay, since the 1999-2000 season, there have been 13 different players to play all 82 games in a season for the Knicks. Who is the most recent? Oof. Most recent to have played 82 games for the Knicks. I know Mark Jackson did, but I don't know if he's the most recent. Ugh. I don't know. I'm going to know this. Um, Mark Jackson definitely did. I will say you are right about Jackson, but in the last 10 years, five guys have done it. 
I'm going to guess, and this is solely a guess. Um, God, I can't even think of anybody that played so many games for the Knicks. Um, God, I, I don't, I can't think of it. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, uh, what, what's, the shoot, what's the shooter? Well, what's the shooter's name? Uh, Doug McDermott. Final answer? Yeah. That is a good guess because it's from the ugly years, but it's Justin Holiday, 2016-2017. All right. That's one and one. Good for you. So so you put him on hold because like, if he's like the opportunity to stay on to, to play round two, uh, he can. I put him All, back on hold, yep. Walker and Mawa. Walker, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Good morning, Dave. I'm a Good huge morning, fan Walker. of the show. Thanks for having me. Sure. My question for you is a movie question. All right. Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix both won Oscars for playing the Joker. What is the only other movie character which two different people have won Oscars for playing? Mm-hmm. So it's a movie character that two separate people won, won Oscars. Oscars. And and the second one last year when Joaquin Phoenix won, the Joker became the second character. Now I think, I think, but I need to think about this. I think it. Now, do you want to know the character? I want to know the character. Yeah, I, I think it's Vito Corleone when De Niro played a young a young Vito Corleone and Marlon Brando played the older Vito Corleone. Oh, that'll be my final answer. You got it, Dave. Yes, I sure did. That's right. Oh, right in my wheelhouse. Well, the, the Godfathers are just just the best. All right, so we're 2-1. and one. Let's go to uh, Jake and Caldwell. Jake, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Dave, uh, Walker from Walker from Mawa is actually a friend of mine. I've been, I've, I encouraged him to call. He's been texting me every time I'm on for like a year, so I want to give a shout-out to him. He has my nice. I like, the, I like the fact that you're encouraging your friends to participate. And that was a good question, by the way. I'm, I'm very proud of him. So nice job, Walker. So but my question is, this, this uh, week was Paul O'Neill's birthday, so I was watching yeah. the old highlights of him when they were showing it. And, you know, his famous kick play from right sure. field. Who hit that base hit? God. I remember it. He's in right field. He's on the Reds. Oh, God. I think it might have been Lenny Dykstra. It was definitely against the Phillies. Oh. I don't know why I have that in my head that it's Dykstra. And he didn't score on the play. I'm going to go Lenny Dykstra. Final answer. My favorite player of all time, Lenny Dykstra. Wow. <laughs> Three and one. Look at what we got going on here, Jake. Let's go to John in North Bergen. John, you're on Stump Rothenberg. How you doing, Dave? What's, What's up, going Johnny? on, man? I love How your show, you? man. Now, I told you before, I spoke to you on DCR and... I love you, man. You're the best, Dave. I You're appreciate the greatest. It. Very nice. Thank you. 
All right, uh, Dave, my question is, um, who holds the NFL record for touchdown passes as a non-quarterback and with how many? Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna answer your your how many. Right, Walter okay. Walter Payton, right. I believe, is the answer. Final answer, Dave. Oh God, I, I hate when people do this. That's what always I always remember. The only way, if it's not gonna be Payton, is if someone has broken in the last year or two. But I don't think so. I'm gonna say Walter Payton. Final answer. Okay. Final answer. Yeah. Uh, no, Dave, you're wrong. Oh. It's um. <laughs> It's the great late Frank Gifford. Yeah, but he was also a quarterback. Like, he doubled as a quarterback. Uh, Jake, I'm going to need you to do some recognizance on that question. I will do some research during the break and see if that counts. So, right now, you're at 3-1. and one. If you get that one three wrong. 3-1 and one pending that. Correct. Frank Gifford played some quarterback in his career, so I don't know that you can, in fact, include him there. I agree with you. But I'd like you to look that up. All right. Do you have a question? I do. I love playing some Stump Rothenberg. All right. All right. So the NBA All-Star Game is coming up. It's on March 7th. Zion Williamson was recently named an All-Star, and he is the only the 10th player in NBA history to make the All-Star Game before turning 21 years old. So my question for you is, who is the youngest player to make an All-Star team? I think it's magic, but I don't know. He was at one point. Oh, God. I mean, LeBron's got to be there, too. This is new for me. Usually you get my questions right away, so I feel really good back at the studio right now. Yeah, well, hang on a second. So Magic was my first thought, but it can't be. He had to be have been the youngest at the time. LeBron is my second thought, and Kobe is my third. So I'm going to navigate between those three. Kobe, LeBron, and Magic. But Magic played two years at Michigan State. So I'm going to eliminate him. And I'm choosing between Kobe and LeBron. Kobe came in younger to the NBA, but didn't play that first year. But did he make it that second year? I think he did. I think in 98 he made it. I'm not 100% sure, Jake, and I'm navigating between Kobe and LeBron. And I could be wrong, but I'd be shocked if it wasn't one of these two. I'm going to go with Kobe Bryant. Dave? Yes. I was so close to stumping you. You are correct. Yes. The correct answer is Kobe Bryant, who became the youngest player to make an all-star game at 19 years old and 170 days during the oh. 1998 NBA all-star game. Beautiful. So we're 4-1, and one, and you're going to look up the Frank Gifford part of that Correct. Other so 4-1 pending, maybe 4-2. and two. All right, so here's where we go now. Where did this player go to college? <laughs> You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Round two, Stump Rothenberg with you on 98.7 ESPN. Jake, I don't think, I did a little research, that Frank Gifford ever took snaps at the quarterback position. So I think I did, in fact, get that one wrong 
which means we were, what, 4-2 and two in the first segment? That is correct, 4-2 and two in the first segment. And now we're in your wheelhouse. We did have a couple of callers with uh, – Football guys, I don't know if you want to go with that. I know you're more of a where do you they can go, go to- football, but they 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 really have to be skill position players. All right, so we'll see what happens. I did have to screen a bunch of calls during this quick break, but we'll see how it goes. Last week All you right. killed it, so you're kind of due to you know have a bad week. We'll see. So you think I won't do well here? No, we'll see. I mean, I would do. Be- I haven't heard of any of these guys or like where they go to college, but you. Like I said last week, you know their blood type. Uh, you know everything about them. You know, you know, it's funny. I talked to a buddy of mine yesterday. He goes, you know what? This portion of the segment, it's so fun because I play this with my friends all the time. And this is actually something I can get right. So I feel even more invested into part two of Stump Rothenberg. Let's go to loyal Stump Rothenberg player, Hawkeye, Long Island. Good morning, Hawkeye. Good morning, Dave. I heard my name mentioned. I thought I'd jump on. There you go. Uh, okay. And in, in the NFL... This got to be where did this guy go to college, Hawkeye? Yes, yes. Okay. Former Seahawks quarterback Dave Craig. Milton College no longer in existence. Very nice. Thank you. Did I just did I just blow your mind, Jake? I think I I probably. I don't know how you do it. And like I said, and Ty said last week as well. For all those people out there that are like he's googling it. Google doesn't work that fast. It doesn't work in .1 second. So I think you put all the haters to bed. I think we did. Steve in Brooklyn. Steve, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Seven-time NBA champion Robert Ory. I think Alabama. Did he go to Alabama? That's my first thought. Um, Number five, Robert Ory. I think that's where he went. Yeah, I'll go Alabama. A teammate with Latrell Sprewell in Alabama. Alabama is it. There you go. And oh, Jake. Sal and Duchess. Sal, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Good morning, guys. Uh, Quick one. Robert Parrish. Centenary from the gentleman. Okay, Centenary College, L.A., that's good enough. Centenary. Uh, it was Louisiana, not not Los Angeles. Yeah, Centenary. All right, that's three and zero. I've wowed you. I can tell, Jake, you're you're speechless at this at this very moment. This this is probably the best thing that I'm capable of doing in life, to be honest with you. Uh, Chris and Beth Page. Chris, a frequent caller to Stump Rothenberg. Chris, you are on Stump Rothenberg. Dave, in the '80s, the Redskins had the Smurfs, right? The receivers, wide receivers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Al- Alvin Garrett, where did he go to college? Mm, I remember the Smurfs, and they won the Super Bowl. Um, That's why Howard Cosell got fired, unfortunately. Alvin Garrett. I think he went to Angelo State. And I also think he was a pick that was wouldn't even be selected now in the NFL draft, if I'm thinking about the right guy. That would, that would be my answer. There you go. Great job, Dave. There we go. Angelo State. Oh! Oh, do you see what's happening here, Jake? Let's go to Sal and Astoria. Sal, my man, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. DR, I'm hoping to stump you this one, buddy. Let's see what Malik you got. Rose. Drexel. Save DiPietro. What does that mean? Is that yeah. right or wrong? You you got it. Yeah, there you go. All right. Oh, I mean, we, are, we are scalding, Jake. I don't know that I've ever felt better about anything in my entire life than I do with this exact moment. I think that's 5-0 and in the where-did-they-go-to-college version of the game. 
Uh, and there's two different game shows, two different games, really. Let's go to Gordon Florham Park. Gordon, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Dave, how you doing? Good. Um, I really have two questions. One is a really good movie question, but I'll no, do the college you got to save it for first. next week. It's okay. where did they go to college Jim portion. Jensen. Jim Jensen. Now, are, you're talking about Jim Jensen from from the Miami Dolphins that, in fact, wore number 11, I would think, no? I'm afraid you're not going to know who this is then. Okay, Jim go Jensen, ahead, who, doubled, who doubles as a quarterback, and I believe was drafted in the 11th round of the NFL draft back in, God, Jim Jensen was probably 80 or 81. Shoot me, Dave, what is it? Uh, that would be, he was a, he's a terrier from Boston University. That is correct, Dave. I mean, Jake, at this moment, can you believe that you're surrounded by such greatness? It is greatness, and you should see the phone lines going on. Being by myself today, and I know it's Ty's birthday, but now I know what it's like to be by yourself. These phone lines are lighting up. Like we don't have, we, have, we don't have enough phone lines to get through all these people. I think the wanna, people really love this segment too. Do you want to stop it here? Do you want to take one more? You tell me. No, we can do one more, then I have one as well. So we'll do two more. All right, so look, we're going to go to Joe, right? It, it, you're so busy, you don't even put where Joe yeah, is. Yeah, I couldn't even get where he's from, but Joe, it, I think he has a good one as well. All right, Joe, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, what's going on, Dave? Um, what's from up? Old Bridge, New Jersey. Love the Knicks. Anyway, uh, Big Jet fan, where did this person play college? Jericho Cotchery. NC State, I believe. Jericho Cotchery. Wow, you're unbelievable. Oh, that's right? Okay. Oh! Yeah. So Joe pulled the... Uh, before you give your final answer, he kind of gave it away. But once but again, I, I, was, no, I would have just, right. just thought it. But I knew that Jericho Cotri went to NC State. All right, so, so we're undefeated. And, and now we'll end with you, Jake. All right. Where did one of the great basketball players of all time, All right. Dave Matumbo, go to college? Stop it. Come on. Give me a break. <laughs> Come on. From Georgetown. All right, there you go. Oh! Stop it. That's a, don't don't include that in the tally, please. You're right. Georgetown doesn't count. Please. So where did we where did we finish? We were four and two, and then we were undefeated in round two, right? Correct. Seven and zero in the second round, and four and two in the first round, which leads to an eleven and two record this week. Pretty, pretty, pretty good, as the great Larry David would say. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.